Hi, I'm the Ish Girl, and you're listening to episode 66 of In the Middle of It. The podcast where parents and teachers can find ideas, strategies, and resources for connecting with teens. Well, hey there, friends. I'm Amy, also known as the Ish Girl, and it has been a while. If you're one of my regular peeps, you know that my last podcast was almost three months ago, and I'm going to share the reason for that in a little bit, but first, I wanted to catch up with you. How are you guys doing, and where are you in connecting with your teens, whether they're students or your very own lovelies? Now, if you were to put it on a scale of one to ten, with one being, ha, connecting, we're barely even speaking, and ten being, Oh my gosh, we are peanut butter and jelly, eggs and bacon, cookies and milk, you know, all of those things that go together. You get the picture, right? But wherever you are, I would love it if you would just yell out your number, unless you're in a library or a church, of course. If that's the case, just use your fingers to show the number where you land. If you're like me, your numbers might look a little bit like a locker combination if you were to look over the past few weeks with your teen. And that's what's great about them, right? Things with teens change faster than a revolving door most of the time. So whatever your number is right now, I want you to know that you are right where you are supposed to be, truly. Now, some of you might be in a challenging season right now. And if that's you, raise your hand if you're thinking, here? I'm supposed to be here in this place where I'm miserable and my teen is too, and one of us is going to go out the window soon and it might be me. Well, yes. Yes, you are exactly where you're supposed to be. And here's why. I believe that there is a rhyme and a reason for everything that we experience, whether it's the rough waves of a challenging circumstance or a smooth stretch where everything is sailing along or something in between. I believe that life happens for you and not to you, which is where my three-month hiatus comes into play. So in mid-November, I received a letter, an email actually, that rocked my world. It was a cease and desist notice, which is just a fancy way of that lawyers have to ask you to stop doing something. And in my case, it was asking me to kindly stop using the phrase, connection, not perfection, because his clients own the trademark. What? As you can imagine, that upended me. And given that all 65 of my previous podcasts were branded with that very phrase, I knew I had a big challenge ahead of me. In the weeks that followed, I had a lot of opportunity to actually walk in that value that I mentioned, the life happens for, not to me one. Time and again, I had to intentionally choose to view my circumstances as an opportunity rather than a catastrophe. So why am I sharing all this with you? Well, first of all, because being the poets and scholars that you all are, you probably noticed that the name of the podcast has changed. And secondly, and this is the really important thing that I want you to walk away with today, I want you to know that you have the power to choose how you face any problem or challenge or difficulty too. Just like I did, you can look at your circumstances and choose to act as a victim. And let me be clear, I do understand that there are those of you who are absolutely victims that are out there. But if you have a choice, any choice, even if it's not a great one, then you are not a victim. So you can choose the victim route or 
you can look at those same circumstances and reframe them as an opportunity. Now, I'm not talking about being a Pollyanna. It's not about candy coating what you're experiencing or looking at things through rose-colored glasses. What I'm talking about is digging into the thing and wrestling with it and benefiting from what you learn and how you grow. Embracing the discomfort and using it to propel you instead of resisting it and fighting against the pain of it. Using all of your determination, grit, and resources to keep going until you're through the thing. Now, some of you might be asking, how in the world do I do that? So I wanted to play out a couple of scenarios for you. So let's say you're a teacher and you have a class that has awful chemistry. Now, if you've ever taught, you know exactly what I mean. It's that class that's full of kids who are amazing and wonderful individually, but put them together as a group and it is all over. There's no seating arrangement that works and any combination of kids results in talking or tension or terrorizing. That teacher could choose to throw up their hands and feel frustrated and victimized for the rest of the school year. And that might look like complaining to your colleagues, defaulting to lecture style lessons because they just can't handle the freedom of doing the fun stuff or worse, they don't deserve it. Or you could choose to make a game of trying to reach this particular class. You can use it as an opportunity to improve and hone your teaching skills. How can you reinforce your classroom expectations and boundaries and affirm them? What instructional strategies can you use to try to engage them? What activities and assignments will resonate with them? How can you integrate personal interaction to build into each student? Now, again, all these are things that will grow you as a teacher and will increase your instructional skills. That's a teacher scenario. Let's look at this from a parent's perspective. Let's say you're a parent with a 16-year-old who's recently started hanging out with a new group of friends. She's rejecting any attempt to connect with you, and her attitude is less than respectful. Worse, she's becoming more and more distant with you, and red flags are flying all over the place because your intuition, or even the cold hard evidence, is telling you that this group that she's hanging with is making some pretty bad decisions. Now you could choose to freak out and clamp down on her and restrict her time with those friends and lecture her about those bad influences that they are and really let your fear and frustration lead your conversations with her. Now, keep in mind, I'm not saying that some of those tactics like restricting time and all that kind of thing, I'm not saying that those are bad. What I'm saying is what place is it coming from inside you? You can choose the fear and frustration route Or you can choose to look at this as an opportunity for several things. One, it could be an opportunity for your teen to build trust with you. Is she letting you know where she is and who she's with? Is she following her curfew? You can also use it as an opportunity to refocus and recommit to spending one-on-one time with her. Meet her where she is. What are the things that she likes to do and would be sure to want to hang with you if if you're doing those activities, right? What's going to appeal to her? It could also be a great opportunity for you to practice boundary setting with her, not only by setting boundaries for her, but also role-playing with her on how to set boundaries for herself when she's with her friends. 
It's also a great time to embrace the development that she's experiencing as she figures out who she is and who she isn't, which is absolutely appropriate for her age and stage. It's the kind of development that is going to help her become a healthier, more well-adjusted adult eventually. You can also take this as an opportunity to get to know these new friends of your teens. Getting to know them and knowing their stories can be a powerful way to communicate to your teen that you value the people she values and you're invested in being a part of her life. Choosing to stay calm, taking everything in stride, being intentional in how you handle your teen's new friendships, that's you growing as a parent, my friend. And it's you helping your teen grow closer to being the adult that they're becoming. Now, are both those situations hard, the one with the teacher and the parent here? Absolutely. But hard is not the same thing as bad. Let me say that again. Hard is not the same thing as bad. In fact, discomfort is often the currency for change, especially good and healthy change. Having said all that, it can be super hard not to react when faced with hard circumstances to stay in your thinking brain instead of reacting in that flight, fight, or freeze mode. And believe me, my knee-jerk reaction to that email that I got in November wasn't pretty, but I was able to respond intentionally and reframe it into an opportunity eventually. And if I can do that, you can too. So here are five strategies that you can use to flip your problems, challenges, or difficulties into opportunities. First of all, you need to give yourself time to process. Don't decide anything or do anything in the moment. As long as no one is in imminent danger, it's going to be way more beneficial to give yourself time to let yourself feel all the feels and then rein it in and decide how to move forward with your thinking brain. Secondly, as you move forward, make sure you're leading with the attitude that This is happening for me and not to me. It takes some practice, but reminding yourself that you're not a victim, that you are a reasonable, capable grown-up with choices will get easier. And number three, get reinforcements. I've found that it is super rare for me to be able to handle any problems, challenges, or difficulties all on my own. Lean on your people for advice or help or just as a safe space to blow off some steam when you need to vent and get their take on things. The people who love us most often see our shortcomings with way more clarity than we do. Be willing to listen to their constructive critique. And then number four, reflect. Seriously, journaling is what kept me in a forward momentum after that letter in November. There is just something about brain dumping on a piece of paper, maybe the physicality of literally moving the thoughts and ideas from your brain through your hand to the paper. I don't know what it is about it, but writing things down really brings me a peace and a clarity. And number five, carry on. You may need to rinse and repeat many, many times, depending on the struggle, uh, I mean opportunity that's in front of you. The best thing you can do is to keep showing up. And remember, things change pretty quickly in the kingdom of teens. This will not last forever. Okay, friends, that is my secret sauce for conquering any problem that you have. Just remember, it's happening for you. 
You want to flip it to an opportunity and just keep swimming. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I have really missed you guys. I also want to let you guys know that I am going to start a Facebook Live series next week on Tuesday about all things that are developmentally appropriate in your teens. So if you teach teens or parent them or serve them in some other way, you are definitely going to want to tune in. Watch my social media for updates and times and all that kind of good stuff. You can find me on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the ish girl and on Instagram at the ish girl reads. So until next week, my friends, from an ish girl who is leaning into this new season of podcasting, remember, we're all in the middle of it together.